This is the House of Hockey podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Hockey is more than a game. It's a lifestyle. It's you, the diehard supportive fans, your favorite players who are on the team you cheer for and the organization who supports them. The companies that make your gear, bags, and beer league sweaters, the hockey moms and hockey dads, and everything else that makes this House of Hockey your home. Come on in. I'm Breezy. And I'm Ray Ray. And And this this is is our our house. house. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. This is episode 108, and I'm one of your hosts, Ray Ray. I'm your other host, Breezy, and we have a pretty cool guest on this week's episode. You want to take it away? Yes. This conversation is so fun. He's so funny, so smart. Uh, Mark Inetti, he is the, let's get his title right, the LA Kings Director of Amateur Scouting. We talked all of the things, like what he looks for in scouting, everything you've ever wanted to know about a scout's life. Uh, we also just talked about the the game as a whole, the league as a whole, lacrosse style goals. Like what didn't we talk about? Uh, yeah, I have no idea. We talked about a lot of stuff, a lot of fun stuff, a lot of good stuff. If you're not a Kings fan, you'll still enjoy it. I think you'll still enjoy it at least. Yeah, oh yeah. We didn't like go too hard on Kings talk. I mean, a little bit, we had to have a little clarification on which drew we were talking about just for those who aren't <laughs> Kings fans. But other than that, um, it wasn't too hyper-focused on the Kings, I don't think. No, I think it was no. a good, balanced conversation. Mark is awesome, or should we call him Yank is awesome. Um, yeah. We had a really good time talking to him. So Sorry, we'll yeah, sorry. my computer is like unplugged. Go ahead, I'm listening. We'll no, you're fine. I, we'll get to his conversation in a little bit. Um, but I think we have a couple stories to go over prior to that. There we go. We sure do. And I want to start with the draft sort of headlines since we're talking to um, Mark this episode, sort of scouting and prospects and all of that. Well, two big name prospects have signed their official contracts to play in the NHL, starting with Owen Power. He has officially signed his contract with the Buffalo Sabres. He was the number one pick in 2021. Um, The defenseman could make his NHL debut on Tuesday against the Leafs. Here's a couple of stats for you on the kid who's unbelievable. No wonder he went number one. Uh, 32 points in 33 games at Michigan this season, because this is the time of year where a lot of these, what we're seeing more so now of these like collegiate players who are being drafted, but then deciding to play another season uh, with their collegiate team before entering into the NHL. Um, This is kind of been something new we've seen a little bit um but now they're like okay we're ready Let, let's do it I, i'm ready for the nhl i just need one more just need one more season you know with michigan oh man that's great i mean i think you want to finish out you know your i don't know finish out but like if you're still vibing with your college buddies yeah you really want to get into the nhl but you probably mm-hmm. still want to finish out you know your season there right yeah. Well, I don't know that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I would. And I think, I mean, Michigan was, is like dominating because 
there was what five or six draft picks from that class or something like that. I don't have the exact number, but another one of the Michigan players on the current team, at least Kent Johnson, he signed a three-year entry-level contract with the Columbus Blue Jackets on Friday. So that starts this season. He's a 19-year-old sophomore. Uh, he's a forward with the University of Michigan and he was selected number five overall in 2021 and he is expected to join the team on Monday and possibly play the Montreal Canadians on Wednesday. Wow. Yeah. I mean, but crazy teams to be coming in to uh, play your first NHL games against, right? Yeah, but they're both on teams that are not in playoff contention. And so that no. makes sense to give them that opportunity to get their feet wet in the NHL, face some of those bigger teams with some depth on them and right. uh, get them that feeling so that when they start in the fall, they're, it's not so overwhelming, you know? Yeah. I mean, this might be an unpopular opinion, but I don't think over the last couple, was it probably at least the last month or so, the Sabres have been playing pretty good hockey. So that's a positive for not only Sabre fans, but obviously Owen Power as well. But the Columbus Blue Jackets, they, they're not a terrible team either. No, um, They are, I mean, their division's a pretty tough division and they're, they're right there. Like if they were to just win a couple games and I think who's right above them? I forgot who's right above them, but if they were just to lose a couple games, I mean, they're within like right. eight points, I think it is. So it's like, they're not too far out. So, and the, the Blue Jackets have made it to the playoffs a couple of times over the last few yep. years. So, yep. um, yeah, I mean, I still think that they have, you know, a good opportunity and their talent could obviously help the team out. So, yeah, it's exciting to, to see. It'll be fun to watch these guys play. Um, which makes the end of the official regular season of the NHL a little more exciting for, for teams that are out of playoff contention, right. To see how these young right. guys are going to do, you know, moving yeah. forward. So but what a, a little... tease for those players. I mean, just dipping your toes in the last of the season when everyone's kind of like down in the dumps, because you're not making it to the playoffs and then nope, now it's summertime. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I think it's a good little buffer zone, you know, but that's just me. I mean, I, I, what do I know? I've never played in the NHL. So, you know, right. now uh, that brings me to the question, if they are technically playing, then the end of the season, does this make it their rookie season? So the beginning of next season is a sophomore season. I think technically, yeah, technically, but not really. It would still be a rookie season. I think you have to get like a certain amount of games under your belt I before think it right. be like a rookie season. But I think so. But does that mean they get rookie parties? Is that where you're going with this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I don't know those rules. We're going to have to ask. Uh, we're going to have to ask one of our NHL buddies if, what that what that is. Have yeah. them on, figure that out. What's the rookie uh, party protocol? Yeah. Just. <laughs> steps foot on ice counts like during yeah. regular season or playoffs counts as a rookie right. <laughs> like must must throw a party yeah. um and pay and pay all of it uh i don't know but we're gonna go from rookies to retirees yeah. um and retired 
retirees. That's a, that's a word. Yeah. So Ryan Getzloff uh, announced that he is done at the end of this season with the Anaheim Ducks. He's broken tons of records with them. Um, he's hanging them up. And I got to say, the thing I'm most excited for is the very small possibility that his wife might now be able to be on the Real Housewives of Orange County. Because <laughs> if you ever listened, he did an interview with Chicklets and somehow it came up and that his wife had gone through the audition process to be a real housewife and gets left was like, you're out of your mind if I'm going to be on that show, but now he's retired so he can be on the show uh, or she can, but that's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's, I thought you were going to say who the next captain is probably going to be for the ducks, but that's nope. fine too. <laughs> <laughs> Hard left turn. Uh, what is your opinion on Getzloff? Uh, I think Getzloff, um, he's a great player, right? I mean, he is obviously a really good captain. And I think that the Ducks um, have been really lucky to have him in the locker room and serve as their captain for however many years that was. I mean, he was a Duck for 17 seasons, a 17 long years. time. Yeah. Whatever it was, 17 years. I don't know. That's terrible. I should have my facts straight. I freaking am on this podcast. Anywho. Listen, um, we're not a facts. We're not facts <laughs> guys here. Okay. No. Like we might uh, be off a year. Yeah, no, but I, I think uh, Getz is a good guy. I think he's a good captain. Obviously he put up a fight against the Kings quite a few times. Um, but I think you got to be happy for the guy. I think he's played a great career. I think he's done good things. I hear he's a great person. Um, I don't know. It's going to be different not seeing him on the ice. Like, you know, yeah. I probably shouldn't say I'll miss him, but I think that just <laughs> kind of takes away from just what the game is, right? And like you grow up watching all these players, and then once you see them retire, even though they're not from a team that you necessarily follow or not don't necessarily like that much, um, it's still hard. I mean, it, I think it's it's good for him, but I think mm -hmm. uh, I think it's really good for him to be able to retire and spend time with his family. Yeah. So yes. congrats to Getzloff. Congrats to Marianne Hosa, Chicago Blackhawk, who officially retired as a Blackhawk this week. He signed a one-day contract and they had to move his ceremony. It was supposed to be earlier in the season, I think. And I don't remember the reasoning why, hmm. but they they had to move this uh, or they they moved this whole thing around. But what a what a guy. They had so many players from that those cups on the ice with him uh during his retirement and um i think they were no was it was it from his retirement or was it from taze's 1000th goal i don't remember the picture i think it was taze uh, 1000th game not goal um <laughs> i think it was taze i think it was for taze's 1000 um, game. They had a bunch of the boys like Sharpie was down there and Seebs and the mutt and like all the guys from those years, which is super cool that um, yeah. they got to be there to celebrate, but I'm happy Hosa got to retire Blackhawk because that's where he deserved to, to retire. Definitely. I agree with that. And, and Shout out to a guest of the podcast, Lou Nolan. He is the uh, public address announcer for the Philadelphia Flyers. 
He is currently celebrating and in his 50th season. I think we talked to him during 49, his 49th season. Um, He's been doing that for 50 seasons. That's just bananas. Um, He's the longtime voice of Spectrum Wells Fargo Center, and he is going to be honored before uh, the game against the Ducks today when we're recording this on Saturday. So cheers to you, Lou. You deserve it. Um, That Pico power play. We we love it. I think uh, Flyers fans uh, know and love you and hope you do 50 more seasons. I mean, I don't think he has any, uh, he didn't give us any indication that he was done. So it's like, he loves it. Right. He does. He was what a guy. I mean, I love talking to him. He was such a a character and so yeah. fun. And oh man, yeah. Hopefully, he's got another fifty seasons in him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But congrats, Lou, and uh, enjoy the celebration. It's well deserved. And if you haven't listened to that episode with him, couldn't tell you what episode number it was, but uh, just search on your podcast app and yeah. uh, download that episode with Lou because uh, it was a really good one. Uh, yeah. Not just all things Philly uh, and Flyers, obviously, but uh, a lot of just his life and stories and, and everything. So I think you'll enjoy it. Yeah. So go check that one out. And I think now. That- You've got something to show me. Oh, ah, yes. I did it. I did it. She did it, you guys. Do you know what she did? What Um, did Breezy do? Did she buy another jersey? Did she buy a second giant Nashville cowboy foam hat? Did she buy season tickets somewhere? What did she do? I I feel like I should have done one of, I feel like I should have done the last one. I mean, why wouldn't I do that? (laughs) But you did? I got another jersey. That was <laughs> it. That's all I did, guys. That's all I did. But it's a sick one because it's the Justin Bieber Maple Leaf jersey. There we go. There we go. You can see a number on there. I got a Matthews one. <laughs> um, it is actually really cool. I'm really glad I got this one. It's so hard to find. Uh, but I was able to get it and I'm trying to turn it inside out right now. I'm totally not prepared for this. I actually forgot that we were going to talk about this. Good thing I still had it next to me. Um, it's reversible and it's it is reversible. The Bieber collab with the there we what go. Is this company Drew House. Drew House. Yeah. So there you go. You got the little Drew eyeballs on there. Pretty yep. Cool. That's sick. Going to wear that later. Yeah. Got to start wearing it before it gets too hot. And, uh, especially I think maybe you try this Jersey out for playoffs. Oh, that's a good one. That's a good one. You know, I know we talked about potentially me getting a Matthew or a, it was a Matthews or a Martin one. Yeah. And with Matthews season this season, I was like, you know what? I just, I gotta get a Matthews Jersey. Plus he's the B's best friend. I think it just all made sense for me. So <laughs> What is the game coming to? Anyway, that's great. I think that makes total sense. I'll give you the, like, it's his season for sure. He's having an incredible season, Matthews. Can you say like that I said, for me? Can you say nope. That? <laughs> nope. You're going to have to listen and rewind and play it over because that's all I got for you. But it's on the that... record, by the way. You've now said good things about Matthews a few times on the record. So 
Well, he stopped wearing bucket hats. So that's making me less, um, makes me like him. No, like him less, like him more. Like him more. Now there is. No, hate him less. I hate hate him him. less. That's what I was trying to say. Well, I don't hate him. I don't hate him. Are you guys kidding? Come on. You you may dislike him a little bit more when people are starting to speculate that he, I don't want to say speculate. That's probably the wrong word. He is the best American-born player. So that's competition to your Patty Kane there. I don't have anything to say to that. That was, that was straight crickets. If looks could kill. Yeah, almost killed me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're welcome for the compliments. That's all I got. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'll give credit where when it's due. And... It's due. It's due. It's due. due. Now, not, I don't think before. Um, I think now maybe. Yeah. But well, comments on that last thing you just said, though. I have the perfect birthday gift for you when it becomes your birthday. Oh God. (laughs) Don't you dare send me anything. Austin Matthews. I'm going to tear that thing up and throw it in the trash can. It's going to be a nice little collector's piece for you. Don't you worry. I got better, <laughs> better not be a framed picture of Austin Matthews in a goddamn bucket hat. Cause that even, is going to just, nope, it's even better than that. And it's just, I, if I saw that picture hanging up in my house, I would, <laughs> it would make me so mad every time I walked by it, it would just be horrible. So. Nope. I got something even better planned for you. Oh boy. Oh boy. Thank God we have a little time and then I'll forget about this. So that'll be good. <laughs> you're just going to get a package in the mail and be like, Oh, Brizzy sent me something. And you'd be so excited. You're going to open it up and you're going to be like, yep. Yep. I'll yep. have to make sure I open it here on the pod. <laughs> yeah. That'd be All right. Enough about us yammering about <laughs> nothing um please enjoy our conversation with mark and he's uh he's a blast we had a lot of fun so enjoy the conversation this week's episode of the house of hockey podcast is brought to you by hockey fans feel the action on the ice like never before with DraftKings sportsbook the official sports betting partner of the nhl Right now, new customers can bet just $1 on any team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state, you can still hit the ice for cold hard cash. New customers can make their first deposit and play free for thousands with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Hockey Contests. Draft your lineup of eight skaters and a goalie and rack up points for goals, assists, saves, and more. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, that's THPN, for the Hockey Podcast Network. Bet just $1 on any NHL team to win and get $150 in free bets if they do. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NHL. 21 and over. Restrictions apply. See show notes for details. Welcome to the House of Hockey podcast. We have with us Mark Yannetti. He is the LA Kings Director of Amateur Scouting. Welcome. Thank you. 
Yank. What is, can we hear <laughs> this story? People call yeah, it's, you it's Yank. Not a, it's, it's not a great story. Like, like everyone thinks it's because I was playing pro hockey in the South and the minor leagues and stuff. Uh, I got sent down um, from San Diego to San Antonio and the, I, I got sent down and played right away a game and the coach forgot my name and he was trying to tell me to get on the ice and he was like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yank, whatever the fuck your name is, get on the ice. And <laughs> guys just started calling me Yank. So it's simply just because John Torchetti, who you're a Chicago fan, uh, John Torchetti was my coach and he forgot my name. That's pretty funny. <laughs> That's it. I think just to start it off, how did you originally get into scouting? Um, it's funny when I was, uh, when I was done playing in the minors, I, I didn't think, I thought that's it. Like, I'm not one of those guys, like when I'm done with something, I'm done with something. But my dad was scouting. Uh, my dad scouted for about 23 years, I think. And, uh, I had just finished playing in the minors and I was just, off, you know, it was a summer I was off. Um, but the NHL was, uh, his, his team was still playing and he wanted me to, uh, watch a game and tell him what I thought about something. So, uh, like system stuff. So I went to the game and, uh, I wrote up a report for him and he thought it was really good. And he asked if he could send it to his uh, GM. And I was like, I don't care. You can just do use it however you want. It doesn't matter to me. And, uh, they sent it to the GM and then the GM called me the next day and asked if I would do advanced scouting. It wasn't as much video back then. There wasn't as much of the, of the media and the data and all that stuff. So it was a lot of going to a game, watching it writing the you know the, the system the four check how you beat it and all that stuff so um i had an act for it i guess and and i wasn't doing anything so i figured okay it's just cool i'll do this for a month or two and then you know and then you know whatever it's pretty easy and uh i did it and then they asked if i would want to do it uh next year if i was going to stop playing and uh i was like yeah what the hell I'll, I'll, you know, i don't have anything else to do I, I don't know what i was i was, thought i might go teach at a boarding school or or do something like that which I was kind of aimless at the time. So I did that and agreed to scout for them. I scouted for them and ended up liking it and was fortunate enough to uh, turn it into a career. That is awesome. So just yeah. for reference, what would you say, or who would you say is the biggest player that you have scouted that people may know of uh, today? Well, obviously Drew. I mean, you know, back, uh, you know, that was, you know, Mike Shuto was my uh, co-director at the time. And uh, I'm sorry, it's, it's I'm funny. just gonna like, say Drew Doughty for anybody who's not a Kings oh, fan. Sorry. That's what you mean, <laughs> Drew Doughty. That the sorry. Drew you mean? Okay, yeah. Yes, okay, is, I figured, but <laughs> it's it's again it's it's really rare. But the first time we saw Drew Doughty play um, as in as a draft year minus one, um, so before the year before his draft year, we were at a tournament, and I think we had uh, we had like nine executives and scouts there. And within one period, everybody turned to each other and was like, everybody was enamored with this guy. Like, this is like, it, it rarely happens that way. Usually somebody picked, you know, there's usually some naysayer, some, you know, some, some guy in the group has got to be contrarian. And he's like, oh, he's done. But uh, everybody was like that. I can remember Jack Ferrara, who worked for the Kings, uh, was just like, he had never seen, he'd been in hockey for 50 years at the time. And he had, he had said he'd never seen anybody process the game like him. So the year before he was even draft eligible, he was a guy that we were completely in love with. And then we ended up with the second pick and, um, you know, he was, you know, he was, he was the guy for us. So that's, and that was, it was, it was, you know, it was my first full draft the year before I had only taken over halfway through the year and 
this was the first draft we ever did where it was everybody was in place. So it was a kind of a cool thing. Did a pretty good job with that one. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not, you know, it's funny. He wasn't a consensus guy back then. Like there were guys that thought uh, Bogosian. There were some guys that thought Filatov, some guys that thought Peter Angelo, but um, it's not like that was rocket science scouting. He's a pretty good player. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What's some rocket science scouting then that you've got that you found or somebody that you've, sort of seen something and they've developed well again it, it, you know it, it you got to make sure the staff gets credit on this because right. you know the rocket science the guys where you look like a genius you know and, and like you get an alec martinez in the fourth round or a dwight king you know in the four and they help you win a stanley cup and and they've gone alec martinez went through the draft twice so i mean oh. he got passed over twice when we draft him in the fourth round and, you know, he ends up being on two of our Stanley cup teams. He, you know, he's, he's, he's on Vegas, his team now. Um, but you know, like if a guy like Tony Gasparini doesn't see him, like I would, that guy never would have been on my radar or Mike Fuda's radar. So, you know, again, what would it, Hillary is, uh, whoever said takes a village, like, um, I don't know, dating myself with that, but you know, it, it, it's really, it, it really is that like, I mean, these, those guys get overlooked, all the time. I mean, again, you got overlooked two years in a row. So, um, you know, he, a guy like Tony brings him to the staff and then all of a sudden we watched him. Um, I, I, I never saw, I don't think I ever saw Alec play live before we drafted him. So Tony had said that this is a guy you might want to pay attention to at one of the, one of our meetings and we grabbed a video and liked him. And then the GM Dean Lombardi is like, he's like, you know what, let's, we end up watching seven videos of him. So, uh, right, just back to belly. We binge watch Alec Martinez, you know, or Bridgerton <laughs> or whatever. So, um, so yeah, that's what it was. I'm, I'm, yeah, you know, binge watch. You just watch one. Like, now nah, I'm, I'm not going to be into this. And then all of a sudden, you're seven episodes deep. So, uh, so no, it, it, that was that's kind of a cool one. So, you know, he, yeah. you know, and and, he, and he, as I said, we we probably couldn't have won without him. So. Yeah. How long have you been with the organization with the Kings now? How many years? It, uh, God, I, I would say 14 years, maybe uh, in that, in that realm. I, I, I don't even know which year I started. Uh, That's okay. Uh, That's close. And I just wanted like a, a, a long time, just a, for... long, more than I've, more than I've been with anyone in my life. So. <laughs> How many years ahead are you looking to scout for like 2023, 24, 25, like what's that mental process like within an organization? So it, it really depends. Um, so I have a bunch of scouts that work, uh, you know, underneath. So some of the guys like uh, in, in each of their areas, they'll know guys, you know, I mean, you, you can know someone like Shane Wright or Lafreniere is as early as 14 or 15. Um, okay. So, you know, in, in their area, some of the guys will know uh, 15, 16, I usually don't, they usually don't come on my radar until the, in, until their draft year, or maybe even the draft year minus one, uh, if they're exceptional. Um, so for me, it's, for me, it's a much more, you know, immediate process and, and, and recent process. And then for some of my scouts, it goes back as much as, as, as three or four years. And what are, do you have like a specific thing that stands out to you where you're like, oh, I'm going to write this guy's name down over like something else? Like, is there like a specific quality or I don't know, this guy can skate backwards and like five times speed or something? I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you see how you see the speed of the game now. So obviously skating yeah. is, 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 is one of the more important elements and, 
and a guy who stands out with speed or quickness probably stands out and, and, and is one of those guys who, who rates, you know, at least a, a note about it. Uh, you know, again, without getting into, I hate the phrase hockey sense because it's just so vague and all encompassing and, and it doesn't really say much, but if you, you know, if you have five hours, we can talk about hockey sense and, <laughs> and boring, I believe no. and stuff, but, but uh, hockey sense for me is what is, is when I see a guy who really gets it, you know, whether it's instincts or whether, you know, you see Tom Brady, like progression based sorting, like Tom Brady can look at a defense and, and do four check downs in three seconds. Like we don't have that quite similar translation, but, 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 you know, like a guy who processes things like that quickly, that, that really is probably the, the thing that gets my attention the most. Would you say that there's like a big trend across the league right now of sort of modeling teams after like the blues, I would say would be like the most recent where you've got like the big, tough, still fighting defenseman kind of situation, but with this four line, deep, strong sort of offense, like we've seen a lot of teams try to adjust to that. Like, I mean, and it's very obvious to like a fan from a fan's perspective, when you see like the maroon, then go to Tampa and the success and, but it's not just him, obviously there's like a lot of other players, but is that something that a lot of teams are going for? Cause we've seen it in somewhat uh, kind of maneuvering players around in that sort of way, or is that just like a dumb fan perspective? No, no. I mean, you, you don't see a whole lot of teams trying to get softer. Um, well, right. <laughs> you know, you, you know, uh, in terms of, it's funny in, in terms of building a team, like when we first started out in LA, um, we were always trying to, uh, we're trying to be the next Detroit or, or you're trying to be the next right. Boston or, or the next. And, and I can remember uh, in the room once someone said, how about we, how about we just be the fucking Kings, you know, um, because you're always playing catch up. And what happens is by the time you're trying to be Detroit, everybody's trying to be Chicago. And by the time you're trying to be Chicago is everyone's trying to be LA. And then by the time everyone's trying to be LA, you're trying to be Pittsburgh or Tampa. That being said, um, I don't think you can win. And again, I think Tampa figured that out. Um, when we built, when we built our Stanley cup, teams we had an eye towards certain types of players we had to go out sometimes and and, and supplement in a skill area here but we always had the, the the hard the heavy whatever you want to call it the those those type of character players we, we again for some reason we, we were adept at drafting them and then tampa always had like the kucherovs and the stamkos and and again we couldn't win without getting a little more skilled in certain areas and tampa learned that they couldn't win without getting a little more heavy and a little more tough in some areas. So we ended up getting to a, a similar point from two completely opposite paths. So you're always trying to get a Patrick Moore. You know, you're always trying to get those guys. Um, it just depends. Uh, is your philosophy to start with them? Is your philosophy to pick them up in, 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 the, in the years just as you're contending? Or is your process like Tampa, you're now the contending team and you need to fill in those pieces. So that's, it, everyone's trying to get them. And the game has changed so much. I mean, when the Kings won the Stanley Cup, I feel like the team was so, I mean, the team still is currently super like defense oriented, right? Like we don't have a whole lot of goal scores, at least the last few seasons. There hasn't been very many goal scores other than Adrian Kempe this season. But now you have 
the teams who have won the Stanley Cup over the last few years, it's like goal after goal after goal. So, I mean, how hard is that to try to know that like, well, the game has, you know, moved on and evolved so much from being like a core, like heavy hitters, uh, the core defense to like, now you're doing trick shots and lacrosse goals that are the ones that are, you know, kind of being game winners. Yeah. Again, teams have gotten more skilled, more speed oriented. I mean, you see the Leafs, uh, Carolina, Tampa, obviously, but don't forget when Tampa was the skilled team, they couldn't win. Like they were still scoring everybody, but they couldn't win until they brought those guys in. I mean, they, they were bringing Bogosian in on the back line to be a six for them. They were bringing, you know, they were bringing in McDonough in the twilight of his career, who was now transitioned to a more defensive and character style they're bringing in the Coleman's the Maroons so you, I don't think you can win without talent it's impossible I mean you can't just put a bunch of character guys on the ice and and heavy fight whatever whatever you, want. you can't win without talent there's no question and it's but you still like Tampa wasn't just rolling over and outscoring everyone they had Vasilevsky there they got Hedman eating up you know 27 minutes a game you know they convinced Kucherov and Stamkos and and, you know, guys like that to play defense for, for two months during the season. You know, again, it's a different, you know, getting a skill guy to, to, to play defense is, is exceptional. I mean, because I mean, when you got a guy like Kucherov or, or Stamkos playing defense, like you already got the offense with them and now you don't have the holes. You know, you're not having to bring in two guys to do the job of one. So, um, as I said, you're, you're right. You definitely need the, the – you need to keep up in the skill game. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. If you watch the way we've drafted the last five years, our philosophy has shifted from how we used to draft, you know, in 2009, 2010, 2011. It's, you know, it's a different general manager. It's a different league, and it's a different philosophy. And, and, and again, we're drafting slightly different players, a slightly different philosophy to approach that kind of skill gap that we had at, you know, between getting rid of all our draft picks, between – playing all those games and all the trades and everything at sooner or later, you fall off the top of the mountain. So our revamp happened or, you know, our retool or rebuild, whatever you want to call it happened at the same time, the league was sort of shifting. So our philosophy changed, as you said, in that direction towards skill, skating, scoring, you know, and you'll see like in the minor leagues and, and some of our, our younger guys now, there's a lot more goals coming. You know, our, my, our, Amer our American league team is, I, I don't, I don't know if they're second or third, in terms of goal scored. So, you know, it, you're right. So what you're saying, if you're reading in between the lines, is that Trevor Zegris needs to chill out on those lacrosse goals <laughs> or else you're not going to win a Stanley Cup. No, <laughs> we were just I, talking I think, about I think, this. I think Zegris with lacrosse goals are awesome. They uh, are. They're I, fun. I, I really, they're fun. They're awesome. Um, I, I don't think his lacrosse goal is going to win a Stanley Cup. That being Does said- that literally what I said, Breezy, that's literally what I said. I'm like, this, he is not going to win a Stanley cup with that. Like it's no, fine, but, 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 but again, he doesn't have to win a Stanley cup. Listen, no. there's times of the seasons to have fun. Like, listen, Zegers is one of the most skilled players in the league. Um, and the fact oh, that yeah. he can score a lacrosse goal, God bless him. Go score 10 of them. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, you know, when, when you see Trevor and, and, and again, Look at his game when he was a draft year minus one with the program, his draft year with the program, uh, his, you know, his college year. And then, 
you're going to see a transition in his game. I and mean, he was all offense, all fancy, all the time, draft year minus one. And then his draft year, he was all offense, pretty fancy, you know. And then by the end of the year, and you talk to him, he seemed like a different kid. By his first time he's playing in the NHL, there's he's a he's a he, he ain't just a lacrosse goal scoring player. Like he yeah. is a skilled player who's you know as I said, it's it's year one in the league. You know by by the time he's year three, year four, all those other things are going to come. And I, again, I loved the kid when we interviewed him. I, I saw a kid who really burned the play, and yeah, if he can score a lacrosse goal, he's gonna. But there's going to come a time in the near future where he's going to block a shot or he's going to do some of those other things to help his team win. But, you know, in February, cross goal is great. It really is. I, I, think, I think it's awesome. I'd love to have him on a team. Like, you know, I'd love that skill. You know, it's yeah. just, you know, instead of him scoring a lacrosse goal in, in, in the playoffs, you know, he's going to beat a, beat a defenseman and zip one off in the, in the stride and go top shelf in the goalie. It's the same it's the same skill. It's just going to be channeled in a different way. Very true. Very true. But I like the cross goal. I think it's fun. Yeah. We, I think uh, it's fun. We think it's really fun, but we also think that uh, maybe he needs to mellow it out and not make it like his like every day or every game <laughs> kind of deal. But uh, yeah, they are fun. Yeah. Yeah. When you are watching, um, like what should fans at home when they're watching AHL games or going to AHL games, what is something they should be watching for in like future NHLers? Like, is there a specific spot style of play or thing, or how do we see what you see? Like when you're watching and you see the quote hockey sense, how does a fan see that? <laughs> We can't. I, I mean, well, <laughs> yes and no. I mean, again, I couldn't see it when I first started scouting. Like, like yeah. there's certain things you learn and, and you see, and it, it, I don't know if you want to. It's no fun to watch a game like that. Like, I'm not, I'm not. It's, you know, you know, I, I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. Like, you know, it's it's not always fun when you're you know you're breaking it down at that level. But I don't know. Like, I, I like watching a football game and not having to worry if. Brady took four steps in the drop or, you know, did he check his weak side, you know, uh, check down, like, you know, like did the left tackle not, you know, I, I like watching a sport where I don't, I, I like just watching greatness. Like you can go to an American league game and, you know, watch Quentin Byfield. You can watch Jordan Spence, um, you know, all that stuff. Uh, it's, I, I would say don't do it, but I mean, okay. you know, but if you want to study the game, I mean, if you want to study the game, you find the players that are really good at the highest levels and see the things they do. And then you do the trickle down effect. You know, what, what you know, what makes, uh, what makes Anshay Kopitar so good down low? What, what makes, what makes Trevor Zegers is, you know, how does he create his offense? You know, since we were talking about him earlier, um, you know, things like that way, what makes uh, Pat Maroon so, so much of a dominating physical force when things get hard? You know, if you watch that in the NHL level and you see, and then you look for the diet soda version of that in the minor leagues, you know, you know, if you're looking for a young kid, you're looking for him to learn it. If you're looking for an older vet in the, in the American league, you're seeing the guy probably on the tail end of his career coming down. So you can, you can pick things out like that, but I don't know. I think that, I think that takes some of the fun out of the game. I mean, I, I, I you know, you go watch, go watch, go watch Brent Clark in the, in, in the CHL, just watch him take over a game. 
You know, watch them do dumb things. Watch them try to beat four guys and lose the puck. That's fun because there's only a certain amount of times in, in, in your life when a kid can do that. You know, you can't do that at the NHL level because you're not going to be there for long. But you can get away with that at certain levels. And, you know, you can get away with certain things at the AHL level you can't get at the NHL level. So, as I said, I would just I would just watch, pick out the type of guys you like and watch, watch them do good and bad things and, that, that's what I would do. I don't know. I think, you know, like watching, watching if, you know, watching if Spence or Grands or, or Jersey, you know, missed the weak side checkoff or if they should have gone back to their partner because the other teams playing a strong side lock for check and forcing the up the wing is not, you know, I don't know. I think that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go to a whole lot of American League games if I was doing it like that. That's true. That's a little overwhelming. I'm not gonna. I've never looked at it that way, and I probably will never look at it that way now. Yeah, no Me fun. neither. <laughs> no, it hurts my head. I'm like, I didn't sign up for like physics and like mathematics and economics today. I signed up just to watch some good old fashioned hockey. So yeah, that's how I. That's, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think it's. I think it's more fun to be a fan. Well, it depends. It Sometimes it sucks being a fan, but. <laughs> That's very true. Well, speaking of uh, watching greatness and being a fan, what have, what have you gone to that has been like your most favorite, like hockey moment or your favorite hockey event that you've been to? Well, I mean, well, I mean, like when we won the cup, it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um, like, I mean, obviously, I mean, that's a, they, they, that was, you know, it was semi unexpected. Um, as I mean, we went, I think we, I think we won 10 straight on the road. Like, you know, at, at one point, like, I remember the Vancouver series, like we, you know, I, we're, we're playing the number one seed. We're not expected to win. I mean, you hope you won, but yeah. all of a sudden you get that. There's no stress in that series for, you know, as, as me watching it, you know, there's no stress. I mean, you're playing with house money by that point. And all of a sudden you beat them and now you play St. Louis and now they're supposed to kill us. So, the first two games, you're like, you know what? They're supposed to kill us, whatever. All of a sudden, you're up to this. Like, it was fun until we won the second game in St. Louis. And then it was just stressed <laughs> the whole time. No, it was crazy. Right? Like, like it, I couldn't believe it. Like, it was the sec- as soon as we won the second game in St. Louis, you're like, geez, we could play these fucking guys. Like, you, you know, like, you never know what's going to like. And then, and then they're like, well, you're playing Phoenix. Oh, we're supposed to be Phoenix. Well, except we were supposed to lose to the other two teams. They were supposed to beat it. Now what a Phoenix beat them. We're one step away. Like, like I was driving myself neurotic. Like, you know, and, and then we get up. I think we were up on Phoenix 3-0. I'm like, oh, my God. What if, if we lose now, we're the worst team ever, you know? And then you get, you know, and now you're in New Jersey. And you're like, okay, we're supposed to beat New Jersey. But, you know, they're coming out of the East. It's 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 even. And, and, and we're up 3-0 on Jersey. And like, oh. And all of a sudden, we drop the next game. And then the next game, and you're like, oh. We get this close. So right. I think my best moment was the last eight minutes of the last Jersey game when we were up by four goals. Like that was when that was like, that was the only time uh. I can remember all of us in the, in the box together, just looking at each other. Like no one wants to say anything. No one jinx it, but everybody yeah. knew it was, everybody's knew it was over. And like, it was those eight minutes, the eight minutes before the game ended were like the greatest eight minutes. Cause everybody was like, you know, yeah. and everybody had helped build the team and they were there. It was just a really cool vibe. And then everybody, and then it was every man for himself, guys knocking everybody over so they could get out of the room and be the first one on the ice. So the whole teammate thing, as soon as the horn blew, it was like, it was like, go to the flies. It was like, get out. I want to get the cup. 
So you like, watch that as a fan, right? Yeah. Uh, you had I your fan that. hat on. I was terrified. I don't know if I could. Is that how a fan watches it? Like I've never, I've never yes. had that kind of investment, so I don't. I was terrified yes. for. I was terrified for a month. Like, yes, that's how I be, would say the, I was breezy. Is yeah, that how you were when the like when the Hawks were in the playoffs like that? You're like, I'm a nervous wreck, like stressed out. And I haven't invested any time or energy in the players and bringing them to the team. So yeah, that's I think how a lot of hockey fans watch. Well, then that's that's it. Then then that was me, that was me as a fan then, because like someone said, Hey, how's it going? Oh, shut up, I don't care. It's good. Don't talk to me. Like, like I, I, I oh. couldn't, couldn't be I couldn't be around people for a long time. I, I couldn't either. I had to go out, forget what year this was, but I was, I used to live in LA and it was right during the years of our back and forth with the Kings and the Hawks. And I ended up going to a bar in Santa Monica to watch the game. Cause I couldn't get it on my broke ass Wi-Fi on, didn't have cable, whatever. I had to go to the bar to watch it. And I went and I had my one girlfriend who's a hockey fan. She came and joined me. And I was like, listen, I'm not going to talk to you the whole time. Like I am going to be very focused. Please don't talk to me. She's like, that's okay. I'm just here for moral support. I know how it is. And I was like, okay. So like, it's a thing it's, or maybe it's just some of us weird hockey fans. Maybe yeah. breezy. Are you my, able to communicate? Cause I'm well, like not. my co-director. It's funny. My co-director, Mike Fudo, he was one of the people that, 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 that was close. He was a, he's a close friend now. Like he was a guy who was a coworker who's turned into a extraordinarily close friend. He's, he's like a hugger and a talker. And, you know, you know, he's like, oh, Hey, you know, if, if he sees that I'm nervous, he wants to talk and make me feel, and, and I just want to shut the fuck up. Like, so he'd be next to me trying to talk to me. I'd be sitting there not wanting to talk to everybody. Now he wants to talk to me more because he thinks I'm more stressed and I wanted to beat it more. So that's kind of how we were in the, uh, that's kind of how we were in the, in the box together. And another guy, Alan McCauley was on my other side and he was like me. He just sat there straight and looked at it. And I kept trying to get him in between me and Mike, but it just never seemed to work. I know for, for right now, me as a fan is probably a little blindsided in what I'm thinking. So I'm, I'm curious to what you think is, so think back on the, the 2012 cup run, right? When the Kings were crushing it on the road. Do you see similar characteristics to the Kings this season compared to the 2012 season? And for me, I think that the way that they've been playing they have pretty good odds to make it far into the playoffs if they keep it up, almost mirror to how they were kind of in 2012. Uh, what do you, you think? You know what? I, I do. It's funny. I, I do see similarity. Now, again, I don't want someone watching this to say that they, the right. 2012 team, again, I'm biased, obviously, but the 2012 team, I don't think they could lose a seven-game series to anybody ever. Right. I'm not saying they're the best team. I'm not even saying they're close to the best team. I'm just saying in a seven-game series, you'd be hard pressed to find a team in history to beat that team in seven games. I mean, Lightning in a bottle. It's just yeah, it's, it's rushing. Just, <laughs> yeah, as I said, it was a hard team to play in seven games. Now the team almost didn't get into the playoffs. You know, there's, there's plenty of reasons to say that other teams were superior in terms of talent or, but in seven games, you go ahead and find somebody. It wasn't happening. Yeah. Um, there was a, a mental fortitude, a character, a, there's some of those elements in the team now. Like, I mean, at one time, this, one time in the last three weeks, we were starting six brand new defensemen. Our top, our six defensemen from the beginning of the season were gone. I mean, that, and I think, I think five of them were rookies. Like, yeah. And and they're, and, they're, and they're finding a way to win. And you and you got you know you got Kopitar out. You had Arvidsson out. You had you know 
like the fact that these guys were able to deal with adversity, um, that's where the similarity was. These guys were able to you know, deal with adversity and they just, you knew they were going to find a way. And, and I love that about this group. There's, there's that, there's that element in this group. Um, the, the difference is the, the, the 2012 team was a, a little more talented in certain areas. That doesn't mean that this team can't go far. I mean, this team continues to surprise my, me. They, I think they're surprising a whole, I, probably the only people they aren't surprising is themselves because the, the self-belief that these guys are showing, uh, it just doesn't matter. Like, it's just crazy. I mean, you, you know, I mean, going into Calgary and Edmonton and, and Winnipeg with, with, with the roster they did on the road and playing games in, uh, you know, every other night and, and coming out 2-0-1, I mean, it defies logic. So the fan in me, I guess, that we're talking about, the fan in me says, geez, these guys do anything. You know, and then the, you know, but then the employee in me and the and the evaluator in me says, oh, pump the brakes, my, you know, like, like, you know, you got a bunch of rookies, you got Drew out, you got, you know, you know, it's, it's, it, this team wasn't supposed to make the playoffs this year. They were supposed to kind of be in the mix. Um, so, you know, the realist in me is like, well, no, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, it's not possible other than the fact that the realist in me didn't think we were going to win a cup in 2012 either. So I love the attributes they have. There's certain, certainly some similarities. Um, there's certainly some parallels, but again, a lot of things went right that first year too. I mean, you know, we didn't have an injury, you know, you get in the playoff. I mean, not that we could have any more injuries than we do now, but you know, a, a lot of, a lot of good things have to happen despite being, you know, despite being the best team or the worst team or, you know, you can't get there, you know, regardless of, I think St. Louis was a seven or an eight seed too, when they won, um, a lot of good things happened to them on that run, just like a lot of good things happened to us on our run. So, I mean, shit, anything can happen. We're already exceeding what I thought we would. So hopefully, I hope we exceed right, right, right up into the final game of the Stanley Cup and, and win, but and I don't want to jinx anything. So I like right. I, I see some similarities and I'll leave it there. And you do need to touch on. So for any non Kings fans listening where they're like, Oh, the Pacific division, you know, isn't even that good because that's why the Kings are doing good. Yada, yada, yada. But like the Pacific division is pretty stacked. I mean, you got to figure that, you know, the ducks and the sharks were usually you know, the number one rivals to be, teams. or, oh yeah. They used to be they, higher up in the, yeah, they used to be higher up, but they, they, they're still the rivals for the Kings. Their teams just aren't as good. Like they're still going through, I don't necessarily want to call it a rebuild, but kind of a rebuild. Right. But they still have some pretty tough competition. Do you think that just from your personal opinion, that maybe having weaker teams in the Pacific Division or non-weaker teams is going to make the Kings thrive more this year when it hasn't, it wasn't expected. Well, it, it certainly helps. I mean, if you stick us in a division with uh, Carolina, Florida, Boston, Toronto, I mean, it's it's harder to win. It's right. harder for those guys to win. You know, I mean, it's a whole lot easier for for Toronto to win if they're playing Buffalo than if they're playing Carolina and, you know, so again, the division, and listen, everybody's got a, you know, a, 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 you know, a weak team to play or a weak team to beat up on. Um, you know, arguably the Pacific is thought of as the weakest division this year. And, and, and again, I think there's, there's some merit to that. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say, I mean, there's, there's a couple teams that are going through rebuilds um, right. and it definitely helps playing 
you should have a better record if you play weaker teams. Yes. That being said, I mean, this year we've beaten Florida. We've beaten Tampa. We've beaten Toronto. We've beaten Boston. We've beaten Carolina. We've beaten Calgary. Um, it's not like we've only beaten Arizona, Buffalo, uh, you know, it, it sounds, it's, it's not like we've only beaten bad teams. Um, but as I said, they've wanted parity in this league. Um, whether that's a good thing or bad thing, I think, I mean, I think they've got it. I mean, you know, I mean, Boston comes in and beats us seven one and then five days later we beat them. Like, you, right. you know, one of those shouldn't happen, you know, whether it's, whether it's us losing seven one or us beating them the next time. So, yeah, I, I think our, I think our division is the weakest division. And I think teams in our division get a benefit from playing weaker teams. That doesn't mean that our, that, I mean, Hey, Calgary can play Colorado any day. You know, Minnesota can play Carolina any day. I mean, we've seen it. So um, the division as a whole is weak, but I, mean, I don't know if I'm, if, if I'm Carolina or if I'm Toronto or Tampa, I'd want to avoid Calgary. You know, I, 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 I mean, I think of other teams I'd want to play. So, um, <laughs> you know, the, the division's weak, but that doesn't mean all the teams are, are weak. And no. as I said, and I mean, that's, there's, there's... And that's temporary. Like, that's not always the case. And like, there's an ebb and a flow to the league over years. Like, we're you're seeing the shifts happening in Boston and Philly and Chicago taking a dumpster dive and like some of like you see the the shift like the Minnesota Wild were in first in the central for like quite a few weeks and people weren't even talking about it and I was like why aren't people talking about them like this is huge but nobody talked about the wild for many 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 years so these things shift so I don't think the Pacific is going to be like this forever. Do you? Well, no. I mean, take a look at who An- they, so Anaheim's considered a lower team right now in, 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 in the Pacific, right? I mean, they got Terry, they got Zegers, they got Drysdale, they got Comtois, they got Lundstrom. I mean, you, you go down the list. I mean, they ain't going to be, as I said, you saw them play above themselves in a similar way to, to people might say we're playing above ourselves, but they play because they got these talented young guys. They're not quite ready to carry the mail or, or, or to play that way all year um, and they get beat up and they get run down and, and eventually they get exposed. But those young guys aren't going to be 20 for the next 15 years. You know, they're going to be 23, 24. So, you know, I think you look at, I think you look at Anaheim and they're eventually going to be a, 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 a if they can continue doing what they're doing, they're going to be a strong team. You look at the Kings, um, you know, we've had the number one prospect, pool I think the last two years running if you look at our American League team you know the one time they were in first place in the whole American League now that we brought our guys up but we're still a top five team in that league driven by young guys so you would think the Kings are going to be good um you know Colorado looks like they're going to be good for a while lately you know you, I'm you know, so you tired of hearing that <laughs> well, again, you know, <laughs> no you, from you, like a fan's perspective yeah. that's been a no. joke here I'm like if I hear one more time that the fucking abs are going to win the Stanley Cup this season I'm going to lose my mind but that's just me it's hard to win the cup I mean you know, I the know odds are, that's the odds what I mean not, I mean the odds are they're like, not going to win the cup they're one of the top teams uh, no question but I mean the odds are I mean again it doesn't matter I mean the, the odds are I mean people think Carolina is a great team people think Toronto's the odds are that any one of those single teams is not going to win because there's 15 other teams. It's just, it's just simple math. 
Um, you know, but Colorado's a great team. I mean, they're they're a favorite. But as I said, like you know, Anaheim's going to be getting good. We're going to be right. we're going to be really good. Um, Arizona's got a long way to go, but knowing Billy uh, and the job he did drafting in in uh, in St. Louis, they got. I think I think they have every single pick in the draft this year. I'm not sure, but I think I think I think I think Arizona actually owns all 200 picks. It's amazing how many picks they have. I think they got. Whoa. I think they have eight picks in the first two rounds this year. That's crazy. So. Again, and I think they have like I think they have like six picks in the first two rounds next year. So the odds are that their rebuilds are starting, but the odds are four or five years from now that they're going to be similar right. to what we built in L- in LA, whether they win or not. But they're going to be similar to that. So you got Anaheim on the way up. Eventually, you're going to have Arizona on the way up. We should be peaking at that one time. So the Pacific's going to be not a not a not a fun place to play in about two or three years. Heard it here first. <laughs> what um, what is the best part of your job as a scout, and what is the hardest part about your job as a scout? Well, it's it's funny because if you talk to some guys on my staff, like I hate traveling. I, I'm serious. I it, it's exactly the wrong. Like I don't like going anywhere. <laughs> you could put an ankle bracelet it. on me and give me a 20, a 20 mile radius from my house. And, and I could live the rest of my life out completely happy. Like, I'm serious. <laughs> like even, even, even less than it. Um, but I got six guys on my staff that think travel is the greatest part of the job. You know, they, they love it. Um, you know, maybe, maybe their kids are awful. I don't know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I know all their kids, their kids are all actually awesome. <laughs> um, I've even had pancakes for dinner with one of my scout's daughters. So you haven't lived until you have pancakes for dinner. And and she cut my pancakes for me. So the kids are actually all awesome. So I can't say. I wow. Can't say did, that. The, did the dad do that to butter you up or what? No, uh, was the dad, that, I, hello? I had the dad over at my house and I, I did a, I did a homemade tiramisu. I did a chicken parm with my own sauce. He calls it sugo. He's an Italian dude. Um, uh, with, but, and then, you know, total spread. It was unbelievable, you know, and he, he was like, damn, this is as good as my stuff. And I went to his house and I got pancakes. So <laughs> I hope he sees this. Um, but no, cause we, we joke, we joke about that all the time, but, uh, but no, I, I hate the travel. I really, really hate the travel, but most of the guys doing it really like the travel. Um, but. So what's the best uh, part? I love making decisions like, like, like it, it, you know, I don't want to minimize it, but like, it's still the, it's still a great way to compete. Like, you know, like, yeah. like I want to, I, I do, I want to beat every single person who does my job. I want to do it. I, I want, I want to get better players. Like, um, you know, I want to make sure that, you know, and again, I can say this because he's had success. I, you know, I, 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 I want every time, you know, Al Murray was the guy in, in, in LA before I was there. So I want to beat Al Murray, you know, cause he was there and now I'm here and I don't want, you know, he's got two cups now. So, um, it's great. It's great. Cause it drives me. I'm like, Fuck, that guy's got two cups. Now he's got as many as I do, you know, or, you know, or, or, or you know, or, or Bill Armstrong, who I knew and he's now in Phoenix, you know, he got one good. Fuck him. I don't want him to get the second. Like, so I, I still like the competitive part. And, and again, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I never root against anybody. I just want to, I, I want to compete against them and I want, I want the Kings amateur staff to be St. Louis's amateur staff. I want the Kings pro staff to be, you know, the Bruins pro staff. I want the Kings development staff to be Chicago's development staff. Like the competitive part of it 
um, even though you're not facing each other directly like we like when I was playing, the better part is the most fun. That's all. It's kind of like playing a little video game, I would imagine. Like you build up this team and you're just sitting there, you're just like, oh, I'm going to be. <laughs> no, I mean, again, it's, it it's, is. You know, it's fantasy <laughs> football with, uh, the, I, I, guess, I guess if you bet enough, the implications are the same, but it's, it's fantasy yeah. football with your rented stake. Like if, if you fuck the fantasy football for three years in a row, you're looking for another job. But so <laughs> maybe so, a new career. <laughs> you, know, maybe, you know, you, you screw it up enough, you're right. So, but, but no, it's it is it, it it's building. It's again, there's so many moving pieces. Like, you know, the best drafting team has a shitty development staff. They're going nowhere. The best development staff has a shitty drafting team. They're going nowhere. So, um, it's all those moving pieces and trying to figure out, you know, how to, how you know it's procedures. It's 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 philosophies. It's uh, application. It's it's all of those things. A little bit of luck. Um, you know, but and, where and does building. that start? Does that start with ownership? Does that start with GM? Like who? Like, and then obviously it trickles down, right? But is there any one per? Is there any one person to blame when it goes wrong? <laughs> well, there is because the GM's the first guy to get fired. Well, the coach is the I first mean, guy to get fired. Coaches. So yeah, I mean, fuck. There's plenty of blame but, to go around. As soon as but we that's up, like, but you can't, you can't blame the coach like that. Except I think everyone that's does. Just, yeah, but that's just what that's just what they do because they can and they can get him out of that contract and and the big guys with the money up at the top aren't getting fired, right? So like, it's you not always, always the coach's fault. You the door. You know? Well, like, well, yeah, you, you but wanna be, you want to be president of the team or GM? I mean, if if you're president of the team, you're third to go. You know, the coach is going first, the GM's going second, and you're going third. You know, if you're a really good president, you're the fifth to go. Um, if you're a really good GM, you're the fourth to go. Like. Like, like, no, but I mean, like, like, really though, like, really, where is the like root? Who is the? Where does the key to the success lie? Does it? Well, is it in the ownership? I don't think you can win. I don't think you okay. can win if you have bad. No, no, I'm talking about bad ownership. You know, and right. I'm not gonna. This is plenty of. No, rich no, you don't have to name a no, team. Listen, or I'm more than happy to name names, but I get. I'm not gonna name <laughs> people who have enough money to bury me. I ain't naming names. Like you know, people who. People, People who can see me on the street and I got to look them in the eye, then I can name names. But, um, right. but no, like if you have bad ownership, it's hard to overcome that because yeah. a bad owner can be a bunch of things. A bad owner can be someone who doesn't give you enough money to win, uh, doesn't give you the, the structure, you know, doesn't give you the, the necessary tools uh, to win. A bad owner can be someone who's constantly meddling and second guessing. Or again, there's owners in plenty of sports that make decisions. So, um, a bad a bad owner is hard to overcome. A bad GM is 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 impossible to overcome. Like, but you don't have a whole lot of bad GMs anymore because they usually if they were bad GMs they were bad before they were GMs. So, um, but there's usually not one person to blame. Although I guess you would say that the GM um, is uh, if the GM would be the most responsible because the GM puts everybody in position, right? The GM hires the coach. The GM hires the scouts, the GM hires the development staff, the GM hires the executives. So if the GM isn't doing at least a, a better than average job, the team ain't going to win. And nobody wants to be a GM, do they? Oh, I want to be a GM to, to, today. Oh, I'm... no. <laughs> oh, that's the no. argument I always get in with people when before 
everything with the Blackhawks happened and Bowman was still in charge before all of this stuff. Um, it was like, I can't stand him. And people are like, but who would you rather have take his place, Rachel? And I'm like, I don't know. There's nobody else. Like, I mean, somebody help me. You there's know? always so, people. I mean, again, there's, there's always people. Like, well, again, the problem is we recycle a lot of things in the, in, in, and it's not just the NHL. It's a lot of sports. There's a lot of recycling. There's a lot of, you know, a, a lot of, you know, I mean, there was a person one time who was getting paid by four teams not to work for them. No, I think 12, 13 years ago, like, you know, to not work for them. Well, I'm saying he was, at, you know, I'm not, wow. you know, but, but there's, there's point. I mean, again, there's, 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 there's probably 50 people that no one's ever even heard of. That would be out. That'd be great GMs, you know, now you don't know that because no one's heard of them and, you know, but they're doing exemplary jobs in other areas where they're not, uh, you know, focal points where they're, where they're under the radar, where they're doing, you know, like, you know, like the Billy Bean was just pointing at the guy that no one knows who he is. You know, when I point to you, you talk like that guy, you know, again, I only watched the movie and read the book, but he seemed like a genius to me. Like, and, and I can't remember his friggin' name. I can just remember Jonah Hill playing. So yeah, exactly. You, again, the guy's a genius. And I, you know, yeah, it's Jonah Hill's guy, whatever the hell his name is. So right. those are the type of guys that, you know, and, and you got to find those guys. But if you, you know, it's hard. To, it's, you don't even know what it looks sometimes. But yeah. as I said, it's it's there's there's a lot uh, you know there's a lot of non-traditional routes you can go there's but i don't have the answers to me but but by all means i'm more than happy to take i'm more than happy to take one of those jobs if someone wants me <laughs> i'll take any breeze <laughs> breezy do you have anything else i feel like we could talk to um i feel weird calling you yank i don't i feel like i don't know you well, well enough yet you, that's fine. You call me Mark, call me Yank. It doesn't matter. You we got a Kings game. We got to watch here in about a half an hour. So uh, it's the, it's the stressful part of the year. I am not watching this anymore. <laughs> oh, I had stop, once, once, once I had to stop watching us at the trade deadline. That was my. Oh. It's just it's just if we're up a goal, I get stressed, and if we're down a goal, I get stressed. Uh, yeah. But I got plenty of guys in the team that are texting me the whole time. What's going on? So it might as well <laughs> I might as well abuse myself and watch the game. It's even there worse waiting for a text. Could be a good game tonight. Could be a potential uh, playoff matchup. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, one last question for you on my side. Out of uh, every active player in the NHL this season, who has been your most, um, like the one that you've been most impressed by and the one that you've been least impressed by? Uh, I, I'm, I'm really impressed by Cider. Uh, he was a kid that, he made a huge impression on us um, at, you know, and again, I thought we had him uh, going into the draft. I thought we would have had cider rated higher than any other team in the NHL. And now obviously, you know, I mean, Steve took him uh, real high and higher, you know, probably even higher than we had him rated. So I thought we were a little bit ahead of the curve and I, you know, can, cause you have that arrogance or that, you know, the, the, the sun revolves around us type of thing. Um, so he's been supremely impressive. Uh, and he was, again, he was impressive last year and, and, and he was impressive when he played in the Swedish league. He's just impressive. Every time you talk to him, every time you see him and he's followed that through with, again, if, if he was a Canadian and he was playing in a, a different market where they Detroit's a little bit on the downswing and they're rebuilding like we were, uh, I think he'd be getting even more and more press. Um, I think he'd be a shoe in for the rookie of the year and he still might very well win it. Um, but if he was in New York or, or Toronto, 
um, they'd already, they would have already given, they would have given the trophy December 15th. So I've been super impressed by him. Um, I don't know, I'm trying to think. It's probably not fair of me to say who I'm not impressed by. Yeah, maybe not. Probably not fair. I'm okay. trying to think. Like, 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 you know, because that's like so relevant too. Because well, like it's say. dependent upon so many things. If you aren't, if a dra- like a you know a prospect who's finally in the NHL isn't doing well, like if Zegers was playing horrible aside from and like not scoring any of his lacrosse goals, then people would be like, oh, he's a total disappointment, you know. So. <laughs> It's kind of relevant, right? Uh, you know, there's there's plenty of guys I could say are disappointing. The problem is, like, you know, you're going to get some double-A minor leaguer. Uh, like, you know, on my best day, I couldn't disappoint as well as they are. Like, like it just seems, it seems disingenuous for me to, yeah. you know, as I said, I can evaluate guys and I can evaluate them fairly. But to go on and say that this guy is disappointing, I mean, I would have cut off vital parts of my anatomy to be as disappointing <laughs> as who I think the worst guy in the NHL is. Fuck. I go back and do it right now if I could. So <laughs> at the old, it's not that I'm, a, I'm I'm against saying it. It's just it, you know if if Rob Blake wants that to say sense. that a, a guy isn't good, yeah, fucking Rob Blake's the Hall of Famer. We can pretty much say whatever he wants. That's if, true. Uh, go, if, go right if, ahead. If three hundred eighty-five <laughs> games in the East Coast League level and and a handful in the IHL and eight, you know, very fucking single digits wants to say a guy isn't playing well. Um, it just seems it doesn't hold as much weight. What just seems keyboard warrior-esque, you know, like it yeah. just, you know, yeah. it seems yeah. like the guy in his basement. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We don't so, want that. We don't want you to do that. We don't want you to do that. No. Yeah. no that's, 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 we're not looking for clickbait. I can promise no. you. <laughs> no, I know. I know. It's just, as I said, if I were, if, if I were better than I was, I'd be just throwing guys under the bus left and right for you guys. now. <laughs> That's great. Okay, well, here's some things you can go on the record with, and I don't think you'll have a problem saying, because these are our final three questions, and we ask everybody these questions, men or women. Who is the ultimate hockey hunk? The ultimate hockey hunk. Well, can can he be retired? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, again, there's no one. I mean, Jared Stoll. Like, you know, he, he, he's, he's the Dosecki's guy. Like the Dosecki's guy used to just probably watch films of Jared just hanging around, like fucking <laughs> to get, to get, to get tips, you know, to, to do the commercial. Like I had no issue saying that. Like they just go, I mean, just going into our office. I mean, you know, that's him. He's, he's the hunk. There's no, there's no one, you know, it's everyone's fighting for the bronze and the silver. Yeah. That is nice so funny. Nice. Oh, he is. He's unbelievable. No, he's, he's, yeah. he's unbelievable. Um, favorite yeah. hockey lady. Favorite what? Hockey lady, wife, girlfriend, broadcaster. Well, again, player. it's not fair because now, now I'm going to say the power cup. I mean, the couple of times I've met her, and she's been wonderful. Like, you know how you, you know how you, you know how you meet the you meet the host at Dancing with the Stars. You meet a celebrity, and you're like, oh, I just hope they fucking suck. You're like, like, right. like they can't be that good in person. Like, they're a great couple, and she's a wonderful. Like, she's one of those people that the, and again, I've only talked to her a couple of times. I don't want to feel like a creep. So, but like the more you talk to her, the, the more you talk to her, the, the, the funny, like the more you like her, the prettier she is, the funnier she is. Like, like this, you know, like you talk to me long enough and all of a sudden like, geez, does he have any teeth or you no, know, is he five one? Like, 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 you know, most people don't, you know, most people don't get, get better with, with, with time, but I don't know. She's good. Um, if I was thinking of, uh, do you follow the women's side of I, the sport? I, I mean, do. You've got I mean, a lot I, on your plate, so I no, wouldn't expect. No, I do. It. I mean, 
you know, I, I, again, every every one of the every one of the hosts on on uh, on the NHL channel, they're all awesome. They're interesting. Mm-hmm. They're smart. They're informed. Uh, you know, watching watching like AJ Molesco do a game, like like mm-hmm. like she's I, again. I, I love intelligence, and, and you know, she was a Harvard girl, and she played at the highest levels, and 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 she's super intelligent. So I don't know. Anytime I see uh, anytime I see a girl talking about or a guy, either way, I like intelligence. Um, but since we were talking about the hunks first and now we're talking about the ladies, um, I, I like that. I like when, I like when people are in, know what they're talking about and are intelligent. So, you know, when I see AJ doing a game or, or something like that, that's, that's pretty cool. I think. Yeah. Awesome. The last question, do you have a Sydney Crosby story? I don't, um, I was, I was doing pro scouting at time in Toronto but I would go see amateur games I would do a little bit of both um and and he was you know I mean I I, I didn't really scout if you talk about being a fan like I, I remember going to, to watch a game and uh I looked down at the second after the second period I never had any notes written down you know like it just was wild by him you, you, you know and I, I forgot I forgot to do what I was there to do so <laughs> I don't know if that's a story, but it, like, you know, I'm there to write down notes and evaluate them and, and give points as to why he's good and why he should be. And, you know, two periods in, I look like, down, I got nothing written. I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. I'm like, I have to make some stuff up. I get the hockey thesaurus out. You know. <laughs> so so I, I, that's probably the closest thing I have to a Sidney Crosby story. Hey, it's more than I got. My closest Sidney Crosby story is I've never seen him play in person. So Really? Yeah, you've got, it, you've got me beat on that one. I don't think I've seen him play, but I've interviewed him. Yeah. Go figure. <laughs> so. There you go. We didn't even we didn't even bother interviewing him. We weren't going to waste his time. So you know he was going <laughs> to be. Well, he was going to be as he said. Like like like. Right. They, he's I mean he want to take up. He said you know what you you got five thousand media people trying to talk to you. We're at the combine. You got thirty. You know well, why don't we take up thirty minutes of your time in case you fall Just, to twenty six. You know? Right. <laughs> <laughs> not happening no. right no. no so we don't wait we don't waste his time and, and so I, again I, I i never interviewed him never i never really spoke to him uh in person like that so yeah all good where can okay. uh people follow you on social can't Ooh. i am social don't. media i am so, I, I don't have i don't have any i have zero social media footprint i've never been on one i've never been a member of any social media site ever good for you yeah it's just well you know i respect you want to lose respect to me i got an i mean you all you guys emailed me so you know i got an aol address from my fucking email (laughs) so yeah i'm really hip and cool and 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 i'm I'm an alternative guy you know i'm 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 a vanguard not being on social media yeah guy's an idiot he's got an aol address he's just lazy oh man you know I don't that's think okay. there's anything wrong with an AOL address. Oh, that's, that's good. But no, no social media, nothing at all like that. <laughs> all right. I prefer, uh, it, it's funny. I prefer not to like, like you're, you're, you guys, are, I think I, I think you guys might be the first. Did I do one with John Holden? I might've done one with the mayor, but you guys are like the first interview I've done this. I usually, I usually only do interviews uh, as a, when Rob and, and Luke tell me I have to do interviews. Uh, I usually, you know, it was great. That's the best thing. I keep saying Mike Feudal, but Mike Feudal loved doing it. Like, like when we, when we were together, I never had to do a thing. I never had to announce a pick. <laughs> I never had to do anything. I could just sit there and, and, and just be me. 
Um, and I like this. Don't get me wrong. I had a blast tonight. This was a lot. I didn't know okay. what to expect. This is a lot of fun. Um, okay. And uh, but but no, I, I I I don't do a whole lot of this stuff. So no, this is cool. And I got no social media. I mean, if people want to send up smoke <laughs> signals or you know or, or old Morse code, Pony Express, that's probably the best way to reach me. Should we just put your email address in the show notes and let everybody blow up your AOL so you have to get a new email? That's right. I don't know that AOL could handle more than 17 emails. So I'm going to say your viewership would crash in about, no, it wouldn't have to worry. No. Well, we are really um, grateful for you and your time. And this was so much fun for us. I I really did. I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Thanks for coming over to our House of Hockey podcast and hanging out with us. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode. And in the meantime, you can follow us on social media. Just look for House of Hockey podcast. We'll be back next week.